0: Dash plus dot com. That's M U D com and use promo code TRIMUD for a fifteen percent discount or visit the link in the description.
1: After the the first surgery, twenty hours later, my daughter was at the foot of my bed and I said to her, I know who my donor is. And she says, wow. what, what are you ta- what are you talking about? And I said, Well, there was a car accident near Santa Barbara and three football players were in it and my donor was the kicker and my daughter was saying what are you on you're you're on meds dad you, you you don't know what you're saying and I said no I know so she went upstairs to the waiting room and told the people in the waiting room this what I had just said and they looked it up on they did a google search about Car accident near Santa Barbara, football player. And sure enough, it popped up that there was a car accident, as I said, and there were three football players in the car accident, and the driver was the
0: Hi, Gratitude Seeker. Welcome to a new episode of the Gratitude Podcast. Today with us we have Jim Stavis. Jim was the first person to ever survive a triple organ transplant. When he was 17, he was told that he'd be lucky to live past his 50th 50th birthday. At that time, he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Doctors expected him to be plagued by kidney and heart disease, blindness, and amputation before succumbing to diabetes at a young age. He recently celebrated his 65th birthday, and uh, yeah, I'm a bit uh, emotional about this because I think this is this is quite amazing, and um, I'm really happy to to have him here with us and. Even more so, he's, he was able to not just survive, but thrive. And he was able to create a business that's worth over $25 million while raising a family and staying resilient in the face of this incredible adversity. Also, he, he wrote a book, When Hope is Your Only Option and uh, an award-winning documentary source of hope and i I think jim is like the the perfect guest for for the gratitude podcast and i'm really curious where this conversation will go jim welcome to the gratitude podcast
1: thank you georgian thank you for having me
0: my pleasure so firstly let us know more about you that i uh, maybe forgot to mention or um, that you feel that would be interesting for our listeners?
1: Well, you did a very nice overview of the story, which, which um, at a very young age, I was given a pretty dreadful forecast for my life, which um, in many ways characterized much of my life in that I knew that I had a shorter lifespan in which to kind of do all the things that I had hoped to accomplish but I would have to do so in a much shorter time frame which in some ways could have affected me in one of two ways it could have stricken me with fear and kind of paralyzed me and prevented me from living life but instead I chose to use it as a motivator so that I could get my life in order and have a successful life. And so, in some ways, the, the diabetes diagnosis, which back then was pretty gloomy, I actually used to my advantage.
0: Hmm. It was actually a blessing in disguise somehow, right?
1: It turned out to be one. Of course, at the time, it was a pretty scary forecast. <laughs> and I really, at, at the age of 17, I was not really a boy, anymore or really a man. I was kind of in that teenage stage where I was trying to figure out my life and, and I was, there wasn't much that my parents could do to help me. So it was pretty much all on me, which wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but pretty scary at the time.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure. But I am very curious, like the fact that you knew that you weren't going to or, or you knew you people told you that you weren't going to live as much as other people. Um, did that did that make you in, enjoy life more? Like, be more present. Uh, enjoy the fact that you you are still alive and you can still do things.
1: I think in some ways it it did, but at the same time. I I was just trying to live a normal life. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. at the time I was trying to climb Mount Everest. I was just trying to become kind of a normal person as much as I could and just didn't want the diabetes to define my life. I wanted Mm -hmm. to, to just be that I happened to have diabetes, but that that wasn't the single most important thing going on at the time.
0: Wow. And you managed to do it. Like I think this is... This is quite amazing that, in spite of that, you you didn't just manage to to survive, but to actually thrive and to to make something amazing um, from your life. And now that you're um, you're speaking, you're uh, you've written a book, and you're sharing this with the world while being the CEO of a of a big company. This is. This is incredible. I think it's it's very generous of you to to di- to do this for for the world and I I really appreciate that.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm feel incredibly blessed and um I could have never have imagined that the life that I would have would have gone the way that it did.
0: <laughs> that that's that's a very beautiful perspective. But take us back a little bit and Tell us how, how life was for you, like when you were 17, 18, because we might have uh, a harder time picturing how it is to, to to go through that. And I think it would be very helpful for us to to manage to, to go through the journey with you, you know?
1: Well, I think it's important for me to note, especially for your audience, that diabetes today is a very different animal than it was back when I was diagnosed in the early 1970s because the technology has changed and today you can live a very normal life and diabetes has grown five times from what it was back when I was a teenager and when I was diagnosed with it there wasn't the the technology and the the management that they have today. And so it doesn't mean that if you were diagnosed today that you would have the same outcome that I had back then. Mm -hmm, So when when I was diagnosed, they had research that would tell exactly how long my my, uh, life would be when I would start having heart and kidney problems and, and all of the other uh, things that came with diabetes. So I not only had to manage the disease itself, but I had to kind of live with the realities of what it might do to my life down the road. So as it turns out, as my life unfolded, for the most part, they were right. As I was in my forties, I was starting to experience some of the uh, the effects that the diabetes had taken on my body throughout my life, and I was starting to have uh, problems with my uh, kidneys, with my, uh, my the vessel, the blood vessels in my eyes, and then ultimately in the arteries, which caused heart problems so it affects your entire cardiovascular system on a very gradual day-by-day basis and in the end it 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 takes its toll on the on the human body mm-hmm. so as as it were um uh, in like 1997 i had an event i was 42 years old and I was vacationing with my family up in a, a lake here in Southern California called Lake Arrowhead. And we were there um, in the summertime with my family and we were doing all the things that you do at camp, swimming and hiking. And and we, we went on this, what's called a ropes course, which was doing kind of paramilitary events, climbing trees, swinging on ropes and i we were up there with a very close family friend um up in the woods high altitude and on the last event of the day i was uh, at 20 feet in the air at the top of a tree and my heart stopped oh, so i was in a harness and fortunately and um so they brought me down to the ground and my my close childhood friend whose name was John uh, began doing CPR and we were far away from any kind of medical um, hospital or paramedics so my friend John and and one other gentleman had given me CPR and essentially brought me back to life i i was literally it was an, a, a near death experience for me I'd been out for about 30 minutes wow. and what was interesting was John who had lost his mother the year before was you know feverishly trying to bring me back to life and after quite some time of of giving me CPR he had just about lost hope and um, took a moment to look skyward And all of a sudden, he he heard his mother clearly saying, don't stop, John, you can save him. And so he went back down and gave me the next breath of air and I came to life. So for John, for John, it was a spiritual moment that forever in his life, he'll never forget. And for me, it was a moment that I could never remember because I was lying (laughs) on the (laughs) the ground up in the up in the hills. So it's that that one day in time is kind of a moment that I will never forget. And for my friend John, it was a a moment that he too could never forget. So we're we're kind of bonded through this this time and we speak every every year on that date just to reflect back on on what a incredible day it was for the two of us. that's so 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 I so I survived they took me down the mountain and I was to learn that uh one of my arteries was 95% blocked and Ooh. which would require them to do some an, an angioplasty back at that time and I was told that uh had it happened at another moment in time perhaps when I was by myself or without um, a group of people around me that, especially my friend that gave me CPR, I wouldn't be alive today. So um, it's it's a condition called sudden death, which is your first cardiac event, oftentimes is your last cardiac event. Um, so I, I I look back on that moment and think how fortunate it was that I was first of all, where I was when it happened, and with who I was with, because it could have happened at another place in time and I wouldn't have survived. So hmm. that was kind of my, my uh, a big perspective maker for me. And I, I'd say that probably on the subject of gratitude, that was probably right up there as number one.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp, one of my favorite artists Visit BetterHelp.com gratitude today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot gratitude. Mood Plus, the supplement I told you about at the start of the show, contains a unique strain of inactivated bacteria originally isolated from mud or soil called M. Vecchi. This comes from new research and it isn't a probiotic, but what does it do? our old friends and are finding that they may have played a key role in regulating our immune system, gut health and even mental health. Mood Plus safely reintroduces your body to this beneficial bacteria. Get your Mood Plus now. Go to mood-plus.com that's and use code TRYMUD for a 15% discount. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. And by the way, after that, how how did it change you? Like what what things did you appreciate more in your life after that that event?
1: I think the biggest thing was that it made me realize first of all how t- tentative tentative life can be. Mm. And the fact is that it can it can end just in a moment's time. And so for that reason alone you really have to appreciate the fact that you're still here because you know one minute you are and the next minute you you can be gone. And so that was a big thing for me. And then and I think secondly as far as the diabetes was concerned I think it it made me realize that those forecasts that I had been given many years ago had been true and that i needed to do everything within my power to try and preserve the whatever life i had left because you know this was this was pretty serious stuff and and i was lucky just to be alive yeah
0: that that's that's quite a moment and the interesting thing is that it wasn't the only a moment of that kind in your life Uh, i know that you are the first person to ever survive a triple organ transplant and um i love the the conversation that you had with with the doctor when when you um were asked if you want to do it and I, i think that's incredible can you tell us a little bit about that moment
1: so this this sequence that i had just told you about had happened in 1997. And it was about seven years after that, that I was on another trip with my family. Seems like I shouldn't travel. (laughs) So I I was, (laughs) I was up, uh, my daughter was, went to school in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and I had, was going to her uh, it was a parent's weekend because she was in college. So we were up visiting, and suddenly I was, um, my kidneys had failed. I went into what's called congestive heart failure, where your heart is no longer pumping enough blood to the kidneys and the kidneys don't function. So I found myself in a hospital in Madison, Wisconsin, and in some ways, I was, they didn't know how I was going to get home because I was in critical enough condition where flying 3,000 miles was Uh not the best thing to do. So I had to essentially convince the doctors to let me go and my my doctors back home had assured them that they would take responsibility, that if something were to happen, that that they would take responsibility for it. so um so this became almost the new chapter in my life and this is in the year 2004 um so i had to go on to kidney dialysis which was a new phase of my life um, to keep me alive and i went to cedar sinai hospital where there was a doctor whose name was p.k shaw and dr shaw was the head of cardiology at cedars and he's he looked at me and he said well you need a new heart you need a new kidney and best case you need a new pancreas to rid you of your diabetes and to preserve the organs that we would transplant into you the only problem is we've never done a surgery like that and i don't know if it's ever been done anywhere and i looked at him and i said well then i'm going to be the first one." And he kind of smiled at me and thought, well, this guy has no idea what he's talking about, but okay, <laughs> if, you're, if you're good, I'm good. So we kind of, my, my wife looked at me like I was an alien, and uh, but we went forward and uh, and that was ultimately what happened. So I I sit and think about that moment. I reflect on that moment because I'm not exactly sure what gave me the confidence. And the self assuredness that I was going to be the first one. I I call it my Neil Armstrong moment where I was it was uh kind of moving into territory that I had never been before. But I and all I can tell you is that I believe that it came from a place which stems from that first meeting with the doctor when I was 17, mm. where I was told all of these things that were going to happen. And I believed that the the whole reason for why I was put on this journey was for that moment when I would be confronted with the triple organ transplant. And I was sure that that was the way this was to play out. (laughs) So it was kind of my destiny is the way I viewed it. And, and the doctor who was instrumental in making this all happen was that Dr. PK Shaw because together we kind of went forward and and uh, actually made it a reality. So and fortunately today, so so in in 2005 we did the kidney and heart from a single donor, and then in 2006 came back and did the pancreas from a second donor. So they actually it was three surgeries, but over the course of two, of two years. So that was my, my transplant moment. And again, that's this gratitude step number two, the fact that in a way I was, I was told that I shouldn't be alive and I was somewhat defying the odds. uh, And, and, and here to tell the story. So I feel very blessed in that regard as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so do I for the fact that we we're able to, to talk about these uh, experiences and to, to view life from, from a different angle. And on, on this topic, I'm, I'm really curious how being a heart recipient redefines the meaning of a heart for you.
1: Well, that's a good question. Georgian, very good question. So, the notion that our heart is kind of the center of our being, the center of emotion, the center of love, it really is probably the most important organ that we have in our body mm-hmm. uh, for a number of reasons. And, and it's the symbol of life itself. So, in a way, I was being given an organ and I say given as a gift, to be able to live life. And I think that when you get close to death, it it changes the way you live your life because life never looks the same. Mm-hmm. You, real, you have a different perspective in the way that you live your life. And um, so for me, obviously, a kidney was important and a pancreas, was incredibly important for me because it rid me of the, the lifelong problem I had had with the diabetes. But the heart was something that was really special. Uh, what makes it m- quite unique as well uh, to uh, to integrate another part of the story is that uh, I woke up from surgery in after the the first surgery twenty hours later, oh and. My God. And so my and my daughter was at the foot of my bed, and I said to her, "I know who my donor is." And she says, wow. what, "What are you ta- What are you talking about?" And I said, "Well, there was a car accident near Santa Barbara, and three football players were in it, and my donor was the kicker." And my daughter was saying, "What are you on? You're you're on meds, Dad. You you, you don't know what you're saying." And I said, "No, I know." So she went upstairs to the waiting room and told the people in the waiting room this what i had just said and they looked it up on they did a google search about car accident near santa barbara football player and sure enough it popped up that there was a car accident as i said and there were three football players in the car accident and the driver was the the kicker so Strangely, I had either some kind of premonition or I had overheard a conversation during the twenty hours of surgery, but I knew who my donor was, which is very strange because the process is a very anonymous process in fact, Cedars was not happy to hear that I somehow knew this
3: <laughs>
1: and and so um the the as the story unfolds um I was aware of who the donor family was, and it's rare that the recipient actually knows or has contact with the donor family. So after the surgery, I was contacted by the donor family, and they wanted to meet me. So we had a reunion between my family and theirs. it was a 17 year old boy who had been a soccer star and been the field goal kicker on their football team and they invited me to go to what would have been his high school graduation oh so we we met and we ultimately went to it was about 150 miles away from us but we went to the graduation and met the family we went to the the um, site where the accident had occurred and we went to the cemetery where he was buried. And it was quite a day, another day that I'll never forget because to, to meet a family that was so immediately stricken with an overnight situation where one day their son is with them and the next day he's not. And they were the, the courageous family that, gave me the gift of life so that I could continue to live and, and share my message of hope with countless other people. So it's, it's, I owe a tremendous amount to this family that they're called, the Fabing family is the name of the family. And Bryce Fabing was the boy that had passed away. Hmm. So I felt incredibly blessed, again, that very few people have an opportunity to meet their donor uh, family and in my case I have a continuing relationship with them I see them every year we do a charity walk together on behalf of donate life and I support all of their charities that they have started in in their son's name so it's actually been a very nice relationship in fact I rode on I rode on the rose parade float a couple of years ago holding a picture of Bryce as, as we were uh, going down the Rose Parade float uh, on the Tournament of Roses Parade, which you may or may not be aware of. It's a, a New Year's Day event that we have here in California. So um, again, very blessed to be able to know who where the heart, where the organs came from and to be able to understand all of uh, what my relationship means to this other family, that they, they, when we get together, they they put their heads on my chest to listen to their son's heart beating in my chest,
3: <laughs> and
1: a, uh, it's a, that's a pretty unique uh, relationship that we have. One that I could have never have. Pre-
2: Maryland only, new customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.
0: Mood Plus, the supplement I told you about at the start of the show, contains a unique strain of inactivated bacteria originally isolated from mud or soil called M. This comes from new research and it isn't a probiotic but what does it do? This bacteria has been shown to promote mental well-being, stress resilience, anxiety resilience and also boost in mood through its interaction with our immune system and its helpful effects on inflammation. It works because in the past humans had far greater exposure to these kinds of bacteria before our modern sanitary living. Researchers call these good bacteria our old friends and are finding that they may have played a key role in regulating our immune system, gut health, and even mental health. Mood Plus safely reintroduces your body to this beneficial bacteria. Get your mood plus now. Go to mood-plus.com, that's mud com, and use code TRYMUD for a 15% discount. Twenty-five gratitude. Wow, this is this is just amazing, and um, I can only imagine what they went through, and also the, the gratitude that that they feel the, by knowing you and by being able to to hear their son's heart beating, and. Uh, I think this is this is just amazing, and wow, I'm 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 blown away by by the story and by how how strong uh, this this feeling is, and how interesting life is. You know, like being in this in this situation and. The fact that some, somehow his life continued through you and continues through you is, is something really beautiful, and it really makes you think about life in general and what it means.
1: Well, it's it's something that affects countless other people. What I realize is that this story is much bigger than just me, because his death affected an entire community and countless people and my survival has done the same for countless people and and a community and so i realized that the story is not just about a single person it's a much bigger story than that and they, and again there's another reason to be to have gratitude and and great perspective those are the two things that i feel are the the two biggest things that were affected by this event. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I view life differently, and I have an incredible amount of gratitude.
0: Yeah, and by the way, you've already mentioned some people in your life that you're grateful for. Could you tell us other people that uh, weren't in the conversation until now that you're very grateful for in your life?
1: Absolutely. Um, the one, the one that comes to mind, um, I was fortunate enough when I started my business back in 1988, I started with a partner whose name was Doug Carpenter and, and Doug and I were great friends, almost like brothers in in starting our company together. And we built something pretty successful and special and Doug I couldn't have done it without him because while I was going through a lot of these health trials, uh, Doug was able to kind of manage the business without me, and, and we, but we both kind of prevailed together. And suddenly, in uh, twenty fourteen, Doug had a trial of his own in that he uh, acquired an infection in the hospital. And he had always been the healthy partner, whereas I had been the one with the health problems. And so I had to experience, um, unfortunately, watching what this infection did to his body. And I was doing everything I could to try and help him manage through a pretty difficult time. And after two years, he passed away. And so it was a pretty difficult, um, it was, it was incredibly difficult for me, both on a personal level and certainly on a business level, because here was the guy that, you know, that he was always the one that had stood for me during my trials and tribulations. And yet he was unable to kind of overcome the adversity that affected his life, which was was kind of twisted in a way i i could never quite make sense out of how that happens but again life is very tenuous you you just don't know what's going to be i used to always say you never know what a day will bring because it's true
0: yeah and it's it's even uh, more a good reason to to feel grateful for what we have right now and for uh our life today and to be present and to enjoy this moment, because, like you were saying, you never know, and it's, it's not the best idea to, to keep waiting for things in the future to be happy, but we can be happy right now.
1: Absolutely. Ac- actually, one of the in my book, which you were nice enough to, to mention in the front end, which is when hope is your only option, the the second to last chapter is called counting your blessings <laughs> and and in that chapter i talk about that first of all counting your blessings is much better than counting your sorrows <laughs> and and that it we're, we would all be better off rather than waiting as 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 we tend to do which is to count our blessings after they occur but spend a little time in the present and count your blessings today. Cause again, you don't know what tomorrow will be. And I think that it's an important thing is to kind of live in the moment and be aware of all that you have and all that you've been given because it's a great, it's a great place to start and it's a great place to be.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, um, Since we're nearing the end of our time together, I didn't want us to forget about the story that you mentioned before going live.
1: Yes, yes. So I end my book uh, with an epilogue, which is, uh, and it's called The Lucky Guy. And the story was based on my father-in-law, who my wife's father, who is now 94 years old. And he he grew up in what was then Czechoslovakia in a small town and unfortunately his timing was not so good because it was during the time of the war and Hitler Mm -hmm. and he and his family were sent off to Auschwitz when he was a young teenager kind of the same age that I was when I was given my my forecast of doom from uh, the doctors but he was given a you know he he lived the life um, back then, which was not a very favorable time to be, and so, but somehow he survived, and and um, his most of or I shouldn't say most, all of his family perished during that time, and he had been taken from Auschwitz to Bergen-Belsen, and um, but somehow survived, and. And when he was liber- when they were liberated, they, they, uh, he went back to his hometown, and his hometown didn't exist anymore. Everybody had <laughs> perished. So as a, as a young man, he was invited to go to fight in the Israeli War of Independence. So he went to what was then Palestine and fought for Israel to be liberated in the war of independence which again was just an amazing story of survival and 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 I and the reason that I tell the story really is because you know as much as we all have our own stories of adversity there's always others that have more adversity and and sometimes yeah. we don't we don't think that way <laughs> and so one one day we were uh at my house and and we were, I was showing him the documentary of Source of Hope, which was the story of my donor family and me and, and my transplant story. And he watches it. And afterwards, he, he says to me, so Jim, with 120,000 people on the transplant waiting list, how were you able to get three organs? and i said that's a that's a great question bernie that's a great question so let me let me ask you a question because i always like asking a question with a question or answering a question with a question and i said to him so bernie let me ask you of the 6 million jews that died in in the war and the 12 million people that were killed in the war how did you survive and i was expecting quite a spiritual or a philosophical answer and with a sheepish grin he said to me I was lucky and I looked at him and I said so was I <laughs> and so, at, and so at the end of the day with all that goes on and all of the adversity maybe it just boils down to who's lucky and who's not so yeah. I just thought that was kind of a fitting story especially for the area that you live in Today. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. And uh, while I I believe in luck as well, I uh, I think a more of interesting way of putting it, or a more spiritual way of putting is putting it is that uh, you are blessed. And yes, I would uh, agree. Yeah, and I think that. It's, it's a beautiful attitude to have, the fact that you feel um, special for God, for the universe, and you appreciate the gifts that you've been given, the fact that you are alive and you are still able to do these amazing things. And it's a great reminder for us all that even though our adversities might not be as big, we're still lucky we're still blessed you know
1: (laughs) it's true it's true it's but i think that everybody um some people are perhaps luckier than others but and in some ways we make our own luck but at the end of the day it's hard to say you know why things happen the way that they do but you need to take notice of the fact that um that we have what we have and uh and be happy for that
0: exactly Exactly. so we're almost at the end of our time together and i i feel like we could talk for four hours (laughs) (laughs) we could yeah and um i wanted to ask you where can our audience find you where can they find your book, where where can they see you speak?
1: The um the book, which again is when hope is your only option, is available at, at most booksellers like Amazon and Barnes and Noble. I did an audio version of it in my voice for Audible, which is again uh Amazon. Um as far as my I have a website which is jimstavis.com. And I have on facebook uh Jim stavis speaks page where I do a lot of my posting of blogs, and I'm involved in a lot of community activities and such that I post um as far as the speaking goes um i it's not as if I'm on tour or anything, so not yet um, <laughs> not not yet but i I do a lot of speaking on behalf of donate life and um the the organization that helps promote organ transplants and and um, and whatnot. So that's that's a big part of my my uh, speaking career, and I'm hoping to be able to use these podcasts as a way to kind of kick off
0: my speaking career. Wonderful, wonderful. I think it's great that you're you're giving back and. You're inspiring us to appreciate life and to feel blessed in our own way. And um, for the fact that you, you're bringing hope to to people and uh, seeing, getting us to see life from a different perspective. So I, I really appreciate you for that. And I really appreciate you for being here with us and for being so present and for sharing so many amazing things from your life that i'm imagining wasn't very easy to share
1: well thank you I've, I've enjoyed speaking with you and i and i wish only the best for you and your audience i think the the, the term gratitude is probably you couldn't have picked a better name for <laughs> a podcast series because we all need more gratitude in our life
0: definitely i, I totally agree